The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. This week's episode of PSVG Prime is brought to you by the amazing people over at patreon.com slash PSVG. Huge thank yous to Edwin Callow, Barry Cathcart, Chris M., Paul Calico, Kyle Heyman, Coach Hulk. Thank you for your support, and thank you, each and every listener out there. We appreciate you lending an ear, and hopefully, if you want to consider supporting us, head on over to patreon.com slash PSVG, or, hey, I'll tell you what, it's almost Christmas time. You want to get that gift for that someone special? How about supporting us over patreon.com slash PSVG, and they'll get access to the special feed of PSVG DLC, Arcadia Academia, Kevin Hates Everything, and Bored With Everything. Access to our exclusive patron-only chat room, the disc- uh, the battle pass in the Discord, and our undying love and eternal gratitude. So think of that as a great stocking stuffer for those you love, or maybe even those you hate, by making them have to listen to us. So, you know, it is what it is. But to get in on all the action and to help support us, head on over to patreon.com slash PSVG. And now on to this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to PSVG Prime, the flagship show of the PSVG Podcast Network. It is I, your host, Kevin, and with me is the Cinderella to my Prince Charming, Mr. Lucas Rose. Hello. Hello. You're looking beautiful, Prince Charming. Thank you. Thank you. I had to throw in a little Disney flair because, you know, I'm back. So Where was that? Where'd you go again? Uh, Walt Disney World. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's not a lot of people were there. It was it was very uncrowded it mm-hmm. was yeah i don't was, um, think i've ever heard of anyone talk about that place so you're the first yeah yeah i mean i don't know it it was super cheap to go there was nobody there mm-hmm. uh the rides were lackluster if you could even call them rides uh, there's nothing to eat i it was i don't i don't even know why i went to be honest it was terrible yeah you show you shared a picture of some of the food you ate and it looked like you pulled it out of the garbage can because it was like <laughs> two things that don't go together and you're just like hey i found some birthday cake and a taco that, that actually sounds really good a birthday, birthday cake, cake taco tacos. that does sound pretty that does sound good <laughs> let's, let's make that happen okay um yeah but no i'm i'm back from from disney world had a, had a good time i, I won't talk too too much about it but i do want to say one thing um in case you hadn't heard lucas uh star wars mania is upon us like big time oh so like like everything is star wars uh, fortnite has star wars uh you know all over the tv every like company has cross branding yeah. nfl had uh, bbh show up and give like stats during the game today so it's it's just everywhere i don't know how i feel um, about that yeah it was it, it's it's odd for certain things to kind of be shoehorned in there, but it, it's it's upon us. You can't escape it. Um, as part of my Disney trip, I got to go to the Galaxy's Edge in Hollywood Studios. So that's the the land dedicated to Star Wars, mm-hmm. um, and it was really really cool. Uh, I know Nathan's been obviously coach has been because he's got you know season pass holder. He lives down there, uh, actually in the park. He lives in the park. It's incredible. <laughs> I don't know if they know he does, but that's where he is. Um, 
but it's it's really cool like i will say it is like movie set quality like level of detail wow. is insane there um nobody that works in that area refers to money as money everything is in credits republic credits which really screwed my kids up when they went to go buy a coke and they're like that'll be five credits and they're like what <laughs> you know, I think that works pretty well because when you say something costs five credits, I don't feel like it costs that much because I'm used to getting like thousands and thousands of credits in video games. Yeah. So it it, it was it was funny. Um, they have like stormtroopers actually go and they're they're um, patrolling the area mm. and they'll walk in like twos and they actually have that that voice projected out that same like sound clip you hear in every Star Wars, how they all sound the same. Yeah. They have that come out and they'll like interrogate you as they walk by and stuff like that. So it's it's really cool That's how awesome. I want to do that job. Didn't... Yeah. Well that to me that seemed to be the coolest job. The second coolest one was um Chewbacca will walk around the park. Oh. And it's not like when you go to Disney and you see Mickey Mouse and it's just the head and it's, you know, on a character, you can clearly tell like, well, this person can't talk. I'm talking like it was chewy. Like oh. the mouth moves, the eyes blink, everything moves, and he everything. Like <laughs> it is nuts. Um got to see the Millennium Falcon, which was like built to scale, which was awesome. They saw some X Wings and some other things around. Nice. Um but it wasn't all roses and, and sunshine though. Oh no. The the newest ride, um, Rise of the Resistance, opened. Oh yeah. Uh, like the day before I got to Disney. So I was there on like day four or something like that. And Disney's having a hard time with this ride. Um, number one, apparently uses technology that's never been used in a ride before. So that's always, you know, good to see. Oh, um, they pulled all Imagineers and all workers from every other project going on to focus only on this to get it open before the new Star Wars movie came before out. Before you came. So, <laughs> yeah, before I came. They, they told me specifically. Um and the crowds there obviously are insane. Like people are lining up, you know, three in the morning to wait outside to run in and get on this ride. Like that's how crazy it is. Whoa. So what Disney was doing, luckily my wife follows all the blogs and stuff. She found out the park was actually opening at 6 a.m. even though they're advertising an 8 a.m. open. Interesting. So the only way you can get on this ride, there's no fast passes. There's no actually standing in line for this ride right now because the demand is so high. You have to get into the park. You, you're, like your ticket has to be scanned or your magic band has to be scanned and your entire party needs to be in the park. Whoa. Then you can open up your app and try and request a spot on this ride. And they only have X amount of spaces. And once they're gone for the day, that's it. Wow. So we got up super early one day, 530, to get to the park for like 615. Uh, we got in. So my just is all before 7 a.m. And the park was not advertised as being open. And we were on the 52nd group to get on the ride. Holy cow. Group. And I don't know how big a group is, but a group has yeah. to be at least 100 people from what I could tell. Whoa. Um, so then what they do is, okay, you have your slots. You're, you're not guaranteed, but you're allotted a slot for that day. Okay. Now, how it works is depending on the time, they'll say, okay, we're now boarding groups two through 12. And you have two hours from when your boarding starts before your number just passes and you're too bad. You missed your chance. So you kind of have to be looking at the app to know when you're being called on because it's not like anything's being projected across. Nothing alerts you that your your turn is up or anything like that. Okay. Um, so we waited and it was about middle of the day before our number came up. So like, all right, great, let's go. You know, mm-hmm. we go we go in, no problems. Line up, park the strollers, the whole nine. We go in, go into the line queue, which was 
absolutely insane. Like you're in a cave throughout most of it, but it's like clearly a resistance base. Uh, resistance base. There's like um, all like costumes uh, in lockers. The weapons are mounted in, in lockers. Like it literally looks like a prep place for a war. Um, we get a good portion of the way into the line before we kind of hit where it backs up a little bit. We're like, okay. And we're standing there and, you know, like Disney is, you'll wait. But we waited for two and a half hours in a tunnel. Dang. And the ride apparently went down. Ugh. And which which apparently is done numerous times since it launched. So it wasn't a huge deal. But because we were already in the line queue, they really didn't want people to leave and have to come back. Okay. So that we, we waited there. But Disney, I will say, once the ride broke, they were unbelievable. People came in through like emergency exits hidden in the walls. And they were walking around with bottles of water. That they would have charged us five dollars for outside of <laughs> the thing, and giving it to us for free as yeah. much as we wanted: cookies, popcorn, grapes, carrots, uh, caramel corn. Like it, they just kept bringing stuff in to keep everyone happy. We're like, "Whoa, okay!" Like didn't bother us at all that we were waiting because we kind of forgot about it because all this stuff was happening. They yeah. were so awesome about it. Uh, they brought Ray in yeah. into the caverns to walk through, and I will say, Lucas, we see some bad people trying to be the people into Disney parks. Like some of the princesses do not look anything like it. She looked like Ray. I know you saw the picture. Yeah. It was I think insane. she's better than sane. <laughs> she's better than the person yes. she plays. Yes. Well, I've seen her I've seen video of her do uh lightsaber battles. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, dang, you know, like that yeah. takes a lot to do it. It's one thing to do in a movie in multiple takes, but to do it in real life and just be able to pull that off. Yeah. And she and she so like like you alluded to, she was the one from the stunt show because they obviously have multiple people that play the same character, but she actually was the one that was in the stunt show. Mm-hmm. So that's the one they took the most care to be as accurate as possible. Um, but she walked through, she had the accent and everything, talked to everybody, talked to my daughter for a little bit, which was fun. Um, but eventually they then cleared out the tunnel and said, Listen, the ride's been broke for too long. We're gonna get everybody <laughs> out of here. We're gonna give you a pass. You can come back later on when it's up and running, if it's up and running. Another two hours go by and they start letting people on again. So we go through, um, had to wait like half hour in line then at that point, but we got to go on the ride. I'm not going to talk about the ride. Cause I know there's some people who haven't gone on it yet that are going soon. Okay. I, all I can say is Lucas, I've never been on a ride in my life that has been anything like this experience. It's not just a ride. It's more than that. That's all I'm going to allude to. And it was just incredible. And it's a 15 minute long ride. So it's not like you go on a roller coaster and it's over like 90 seconds. This thing went on for 15 minutes. It was like a it was like a short, uh, you know, a, a mini movie. Like it was nuts. Absolutely insane. That sounds awesome, Kevin. Except yes. you haven't been on this 15 minute ride right here. 15 minutes? Really? Really? Give or take. Okay. On a good day. Okay, that's fair. On a good day. That's fair. But I also have an app that you have to wait. <laughs> you can <laughs> use a reserve yeah, spot. Groups of um, hundreds of people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I am back. That's really uh, cool. We, I, we were going to take a week off, or at least I was going to take a week off, but you know the Game Awards happened, so I was like, all right, a lot actually happened during the Game Awards, so I was like, yeah. we should probably talk about these things, so uh, we, we did not take a week off or didn't have to find a substitute or anything like that, so we're here. Um, but, but what have you been up to? How you been? I've been pretty good. I've been, you know... Getting stuff done, playing some games, watching some movies. Got a lot of uh, Nintendo stuff to talk about here, Ooh. which is which feels good, you know, because I don't. I'm main. I'm mainly PC, but I do. I do like my Nintendo Switch. I just, you know, don't get a chance to play it as often. So yeah, yeah I brought it with me, and I think I touched it for about thirty seconds. That sounds about I right. My daughter was too high maintenance on the planes. Like I was, I had brought it and figured, oh, I can play for two hours on the plane. 
Nope, didn't happen. <laughs> Other than that, just getting Christmas stuff, man. Christmas, Christmas. Oh, is it like, is coming. Uh, we spectrum. got back home, and I'm like, shoot, it's like 14 days till Christmas. Yep. I'm like, we're not done shopping yet. I'm like, crud. Oh. Yeah, so that'd be fun. It'd be fun. But that, enough of that crap. Let's talk sure. about games. That's what we're here to do. Okay. You said you play, You said you played some. I did. I played a few. So uh, why don't we let you go first? I think you have more to talk about than I do. Okay. Um, well, let's start with Dragon Quest XI. Uh, I said I had kind of started to uh, delve into this game. I think it was at like five or six hours when I talked about it last. I am currently almost at 20 hours now. So, um, Which is funny because most games I've been playing lately last about 20 hours, and this does not mm. feel like it's been 20 hours at all. Um I am playing, like I said, in the classic RPG style of turn-based combat, you know, walking around the battlefield. I even, th- th- they seem to have made it a default that your uh, party members would be controlling themselves. They would just take their own turn and, and all that stuff. And uh, I kind of didn't like that because it, at first I was like, oh, that's cool. I only have to worry about myself. But then yeah. I was like, you know what? That makes strategy really difficult when I don't know if the computer is going to, you know, fight the same thing I'm fighting or whatever. Or heal me or something. Or heal yeah. me. Yeah. And you can set tactics for that and and whatnot. But I, I've, after a while, I was just like, you know what? I'd rather just control it myself. It's not really that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I did also have to bite the bullet and I said, okay, I'm not going to be able to play this all the time docked and be able to get anywhere close to beating it. I don't think I'll be able to beat it anyways before I have to take it back to the library. Right. It's huge. But uh, I'd like to, you know, put at least half of the game behind me before I try to get it again. So, yeah, some things to know, having played this much of the game, I'm actually not being bothered by most of the uh, anime-esque stuff that usually ends up in JRPG games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's typical for Dragon Quest. As I said before, this is my first Dragon Quest game. But uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I don't I don't know. It seems to be kind of a mix of... of um, almost like a Western RPG in a JRPG, just because in the themes, the themes presented, because sometimes it feels like Final Fantasy, but then other times it's not like going crazy and telling this, you know, weird story about things that are really difficult to follow and and all this other stuff. I don't know. It's just a really simple yet well-told story. And I enjoy the the cutscenes and the characters and stuff and, I don't know. I'm just having a good time with it. I think uh, I ha- I kind of made this realization. I think this is sort of what I was hoping from Octopath Traveler, actually. Nice. Yeah. Because um, mechanically, it's playing the same way as that. But the story in Octopath didn't really do anything for me. I didn't like the way mm. it was divided between eight characters and never really came together. You were just kind of reading eight separate books about eight separate people. Yeah. Um, and so I think this kind of brought all those elements together that I was looking for. Classic RPG, turn base with, you know, a more modern look to it and all that other stuff. So uh, I don't know if this is really a spoiler or not. It doesn't have to do with the story necessarily. But um, there's a place that you can go where everyone knows your name. No, um, hmm. it's called Tickington. I think is the name. And basically what you can do, it, it plays out in 2D in the 2D mode. 
And what you can do is journey back to what I'm guessing are towns from the original Dragon Age game or Dragon Age, uh, Dragon, Dra- Age. <laughs> Dragon Quest games or the one the ones that came before this one. Mm-hmm. I have no clue what any of that stuff is. I- I'm just guessing, wow. but like you go back and re retell the stories that happened before. So I'm only guessing that, that that's what that is, but it's not really clear as to what that is. You know what I mean? Huh. It almost feels like it must be fan service, I guess, or something. So I have done the obligatory one that they make you do, but I haven't gone back to do any more of it. It's an interesting idea. That's why I bring it up, but I have no clue what any of it really means. As in, like, so, what it has to do with anything. Right. Is it, like, a greatest hits? Like, you're playing, like, iconic scenes from previous ones? That's or? that's what I'm wondering. Because, huh. like, the first one is you save this town from somebody who's playing uh, a magical instrument that draws monsters to it. And so they okay. wrecked the town by playing this instrument. And I have no idea who this person was or, or anything. But it was fairly straightforward. You just hmm. went and fought them had like a boss fight and that was that. So hmm. then you go back to regular time. So weird. I don't know. It is weird, but yeah, really fun. Uh, lots of little, in, like just when I start to get kind of bored of it, they, or feel like I might be, they kind of introduce something new to do for the most part. So, or like something in the story that that's um, kind of changes things up a little bit. And they also have a forge that you can craft your own items with, which really helps mm. because I, I always like crafting items and stuff and, and finding the finding the recipes and the materials that you need isn't too difficult. And especially the materials, they make it super simple so that you can find what you need and not have to be like, all right, what what monster drops this or where on the world map can I find that? Uh, right. it, nothing is is you know, hidden so that you have to keep guessing or, you know, make your own notes and all that stuff. And I appreciate that because I'm lazy. And I don't want to have to do any of that stuff. No. <laughs> so really easy to play. I've never actually died in this game yet either. So oh, the wow. combat's okay. not too difficult either. Um, yeah. It's just kind of an enjoyable little, little romp through sort of a medieval age RPG or JRPG. Uh- I'm JRPG. I will say you talking about it and even in the discord too, you mentioned it before too. You have me interested in playing this, which I kind of always had it in the back of my mind. Like, hey, I think I want to play this one, mm-hmm. but like you talking about it, hearing, I mean, Callow has always raved about this game, but to yeah. hear somebody else support it makes me feel better about it. I'm like, okay, cool. This seems like something I might be interested in. And I too had problems with Octopath Traveler for kind of the same reasons you did, where it was like, Okay, every character kind of had an interesting beginning to their story, but then you just lose it because you're bouncing all over the place yeah. and you don't have that attachment. Like, yeah, the other characters are involved, but they're not really involved in each other's story. They're just there as the other characters. So it's true. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's definitely on my on my to do list. Hopefully, it's not available in my libraries around <sighs> here. So this would have to be a purchase, unfortunately. But I think considering how long it is, that would probably be my best bet anyway. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I also, one other thing that I really like is that um, there's no random encounters. You can oh, walk God. past enemies as much as you want, and which is good because when I play handheld, I'd, I that's when I grind a little bit. Yep. And then I just, mm-hmm. when I'm playing on the screen, I just, you know, go to the story stuff. Uh, the other game that I just recently got 
was Louise, Luigi's Mansion 3. Yes. And uh, I basically played up to the point that you get Luigi, so you know how far I am. Yep. Uh, yep. This was all last night. I, I picked it up yesterday and played as much of it as I basically could. And uh, yeah, this game is awesome. Um, as somebody who's only dabbled in the original, mm-hmm. um, first of all, the controls are so much better. They actually yeah. aren't inverse anymore. Um, I know. I think I asked that, and then and you said no, and somebody else said they were. So I got conflicting. Yeah, I think J- Jason said they were, and I said they weren't. <laughs> yeah, I got conflicting results on that. So, or responses. So I'm glad to see that they work for me. Whatever they are, they they work yeah. for me, and uh, it feels good in that sense. And. I don't know. I just find these games have always had a little attention to detail that I appreciate, you know, much like mm-hmm. most Nintendo games do. But um, it would have been nice to get this around uh, October, yeah. <laughs> around yep. the uh, Halloween times. But, yeah, it looks great, like you said, and it plays well. Um, I'm just having a lot of fun with it. Jason was right. You just suck everything. <laughs> yep. Just walk around. You never not suck anything. Yep. Um, the only thing I didn't really like or I'm struggling with right now and I'm trying to work around it is there's a power where you hold down the A button and you flash them basically to daze them yes. so you can yep. um, slam them on the ground. If you're not facing them already and you're trying to hold like charge that up, you continue to look in the direction that you started charging Yep. And that's gotten me uh, hit a couple of times, which was a little bit frustrating because you can turn while you're charging it up, but you're, that's also your right thumb that you're using. Yep. So it's hard to do. Yeah. yeah. You kind of have to move your hand over. So just better to, you know, do it right the first time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I know I'm not going to get all the collectibles. I already know. No, I sure. I didn't either. I wasn't even trying to. I'm I'm interested to see how as you continue to play is how much different it is playing one person having to do luigi and Luigi at different points and then two people working together yeah that's going to be interesting because uh when i played the little demo that they give you to control him you can set actions and then yeah. switch over to the other person but yeah i i, I don't know how that's going to work i don't know how frustrating that'll be so hmm. i guess it depends on the puzzles that they have ahead but uh, I've been liking the fact that I don't know lately. I'm, I guess I'm just lazy because I don't want to have to figure out where I'm supposed to go. And yeah. this game is a little, a little bit better in that uh, aspect as well. It's very clear as to what you're supposed to do. They don't always, you know, point everything out, obviously. But if you pay attention to, for instance, like where, which direction a ghost went through the wall, yep. you can figure out like where you're supposed to go without too much, you know, wandering around. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, initial impressions are very positive and uh, I look forward to playing more of that. Cool. And then lastly, uh, a game that we talked about, Hey, we finally get to try out is <laughs> yeah. uh, my friend Pedro. And I only played a little bit of this today, so I'm not allowed to have any thoughts on it as we know. Nope. Um, Tom server will not allow it, <laughs> but uh, here's, here's my thinking, knowing what everyone has already said about the game and having only played probably the first five levels of it, it's fun. I, I'm i playing mouse and keyboard, by the way. It is fun. Sure. But I could see how it would get kind of old pretty quickly. So I'm guessing it's best in small doses as opposed to sitting down and playing it until I'm, you know, have played it for three hours. Sure. Um, just doesn't seem like there's going to be a lot to it. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how much you unlock if you get different guns or anything like that, but as as far as I can tell, it's kind of like a, a full, fully fledged game that you would see on Newgrounds or something like that, like a Flash <laughs> game that like like they took it and made it an actual game. Sure. Not to say it's bad, but I just I don't know. I I do see why some people might have been disappointed with it and. I guess that's kind of the nature of what the game is. Like how much more can you really do? So I don't know. I, I think I'll end up playing it a couple more times to see if I, if I want to keep with it, but I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to have any staying power. So we'll see. We'll okay. see. But that's all. That's, that's all. Fair. Are you, are you going to try my friend Pedro? Yes, I'm definitely going to try it. Okay. Uh, I, I, I feel like I'm going to have the same opinion as you on it because I don't have high hopes for it. Like I thought it was cool the first time we saw it. And then as people start talking about how it actually works, I'm like, oh, oh, I don't want to do all that. Like, yeah, it's so literally just we'll over see. and over and over and over again. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, so I did play some games while away. You have an um, interesting but, list here. Yeah, it's it's going to be a little bit different. So the house we rented to stay at because we looked at, at different things and, you know, Disney's expensive, but there was a group of us going and we looked and for the price of what my family just alone would have paid for a hotel room for the week, we were able to get an entire house for a week, which had five bedrooms, <laughs> five bathrooms, a pool, a jacuzzi, nice. a kitchen, like the whole nine. So uh, it was very, very nice. It was in a gated condo community, but it also included a game room. Ooh. They they had removed what would have been the garage and basically just walled it off and turned it into converted it into a game room. So from the outside, it looks like there's a garage. When you go inside, there's no garage. They put up a wall, and basically oh. just walled out the doors. Stealth. Um, and they had uh, an air hockey table. They had I love um, air an Xbox, an Xbox and a PS4 mounted to the wall with individual TVs wow. for each of them. Um, there are two of the NASCAR racing games that you actually sit in and drive. What? Like you do it like Dave and Buster's. Nice. And, and yes, you could link the two up to compete against each other. Um, and then what was the highlight for me, which wasn't pictured when we rented the place, but apparently it was added on later on, was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade cabinet. Nice. There's been some talk and about this. There is. So I'm here to hopefully educate some people because I know a lot of people we know have talked about like hey i really want to buy this thing yeah and yes it is the one that retails now like i forget what they're called one up arcades i think is what the name of it is and uh the teenage mutant intro one goes for four hundred dollars and i will say having seen it set up and played it and yes i actually beat both games because i had to me and my brother-in-law just tore through them nice um and it's a lot easier when you don't have to put quarters in just keep hitting the, the the button and you get more lives so um it looks just like it did in the arcade, so I'll give it to that performance-wise, same as it was in the arcade, which was good until you got, like, tons of enemies and tons of turtles on the screen at the same time. They would slow down. Yeah. Just like it would in the arcade. But my complaint is it's about half the size of what the arcade cabinet would be. Mm-hmm. So the the screen was smaller than the monitor I'm talking to you on right now. Oh, wow. Um, You have, the, obviously, the four turtles, so you're kind of close if you're playing with four adults. And it's also a little too low by like six to eight inches now so like you're kind of hunched over a little i've seen that they come with a little riser thing when you buy it is it they don't come with it oh it doesn't you can purchase one separately oh um but this one so that i will say the turtles one they had one also in, in this house that had rampage um 
and some other games on it. And that was like that cheaper model we've seen that came out like last year. Mm-hmm. That one was much shorter. Like I would be kneeling on the ground to play it. Oh, geez. So those ones sold the risers separately. I don't know if the Turtles one has one because it's it's already much taller than the other ones are. Gotcha. Like the other ones you could probably put on a table and it would have been at the right height. But the Turtles one standing is tall enough. But, and I mean, maybe it's the audience that's going for it. It's children height versus adult. It's like just a little bit too tall to like really put on something, but a little too short to yes. just leave it by itself. Weird. Yeah. Like if I were to pick, if, I, if we were to pick this up and put it on a table, it would be touching the ceiling easily. Oh, but okay. the little one, it would be probably at eye level if I put it on a table. Gotcha. So yeah, it's a little too small. A little screen is too small. The controls are a little too close if you have multiple dolls playing. But it was really cool to kind of go back in time, essentially, and then be like, remember my childhood, like, playing in the arcade, these games. Um, so it was fun to go through. But, yeah, it, it at $400, I think that's way too much for what you get, essentially. Just just download an emulator and a ROM and just play it on your computer. Yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, that it, I mean, it makes a case for that, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, if you are interested in getting a really, really want one, at least wait for a crazy sale. Maybe after Christmas, they'll clear some of these things out. But it's definitely not worth four hundred dollars at all. Even I think for the biggest turtle fans, you'll be a, you'll be a little let down. Um, the NASCAR thing was pretty cool. Uh, we all played it. Like my father-in-law even was playing it. You know, 70, 70 plus years old, and he's playing NASCAR nice. racing. So it was it was cool to play that a bunch of times. And air hockey, air hockey is air hockey. It's just fun all the time anyway. So I count it as gaming. But the last thing I'm counting as a game. Hmm is kind of a stretch but not really was the other attraction at galaxy's edge and it was smuggler's run okay and in this attraction you basically not commandeer but chewy lends out the millennium falcon to go on runs to earn credits for the the um resistance basically so as you get on the millennium falcon which was pretty cool because you actually sit um pre ride after you get you like you're well you're waiting to actually go onto the to the deck you're you're on the deck of the money falcon they have like the chess table and everything oh, is like nice. to scale so you can kind of like walk around you can sit there and wait while while your crew is being called once you're called in you you get into the cockpit and you're assigned either a pilot uh, an engineer or a um shooter basically okay so one person will be controlling the Millennium Falcon, like up, down, left, right, um, and hyperspace. Then you have people who are shooting the guns to take out any enemies that come by. And you can put on just auto fire, so you just tap the button and it shoots, or you can actually have some aiming involved or timing involved. Okay. Um, and then you have engineers. For the more your ship gets damaged, the engineers help repair and keep the ship going. Um, and as you go through this experience, it's a full VR type thing. Like you're in the cockpit, it moves around, everything shifts. Um, and you, you, you're going in and basically blowing up this train to get supplies, but then eventually the Empire steps in. I'm sorry, not the Empire. The First Order steps in, um, <laughs> and, and you have to battle them and stuff like that. But it was a really cool semi – I mean, it was pretty much a video game experience, just done, like, fully immersive. Nice. Uh, which was pretty cool, too. I got to do that twice. Um, we did one earlier in the day. What did you like, play? Last thing before, what was your two – I was the pilot the first time. Okay. Um, and then I let my daughter be the pilot the second time, and I was a, a shooter instead. Nice. So. They were they were fun. The, the, we we did one earlier in the day before we did most of the rides because we were able to get on that one after only waiting like forty minutes. Uh, but at the very very end of the day, like ten minutes before the park closes, my kids are like, 
we want to try and see if we can get out one more time. Like, all right, let's go. <laughs> but we were at the other end of the park. So, like, we're going as fast as we can to get there before it closes, going back through Galaxy's Edge, which at nighttime looks totally different because, you know, certain things are lit up. It's very dark. Yeah. Um, we, we were, like, just about to get in, in queue for the line, and Chewbacca was walking by, like, basically, like, done for the day. But <laughs> he walked by. I'm like, what's up, Chewie? And I gave him, like, you know, the white guy head nod. Yeah. So And he looks at me, does the head nod, goes, and keeps walking. <laughs> My daughters were like, did you really just do that? I said, yeah. What about it? Um, so, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, very much a, a video game VR type experience game. You were given a score. Uh, the score was basically how much credits you earned nice. on that run, nice. which the first time we played, we lost money because oh. the amount of damage we had done oh, to no. the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> but the second time uh, we made we made a good amount of money there, too. So it was, it was a lot of fun. So that makes yeah. that reminds me of the um, they have a Star Trek VR game where like at home VR where everyone can play a different uh, role like communications and all that other stuff or the leader, the probably somebody shooting the photon cannons or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I've always wanted to play that, but you know, getting five people with headsets in one room is never going to happen. Oh, God, yeah. so. No, no, this is much easier. Uh, the, the, the people are already there where the strangers or people you have vacation with and you just get in and go. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's that's all I got to play. Hopefully, I'll have more traditional games uh, before we do this again next week. But uh, you know, some things happen when I was away, Lucas. So I think it's time to talk about not the news of the week, but we're going to talk about the game awards a little bit. Um, yes. So we're going to talk about basically the winners, the losers, and the announcements there, and uh, we'll dive into and kind of give our thoughts and some witty banter. So as we said, Lucas, game awards came and went, and uh, you know, typically. I think the last couple of years we've kind of been following this. I don't know if this is the second or third year this has been going on, but typically a lot of people kind of roll their eyes like, oh, I don't want to watch this. But right. this year it was a little bit different. There were, you know, the, the awards were one thing, but it almost seemed to be more of like a showcase, almost a mini E3 with some of the announcements that happened as well, which we'll get to, to after. Yeah. But I was definitely taken back where I was like, uh, maybe I'll catch this if I can. Uh, to be like once I saw some of the news break while I was away, I'm like, okay, I definitely need to pay attention to what's going on here because this was not what I was expecting. Yeah. I don't think there um, was any like main huge things, but there definitely were some interesting things. You know, there wasn't like Halo or Skyrim 6 or whatever, but. Right, right. But definitely more than I was expecting, especially in this type of showcase. For sure. And- and they said it was only going to be like a two-hour show, and I think it almost went like two and a half, three hours almost. So Yikes. a lot longer than they said, too, which was like, I don't know how you do that with, with the this type of thing where you're like, hey, it's going to be from this time to this time, and it's nowhere near that. Like, It's is it? It's not televised on anything, right? It's just on YouTube. No, right? I don't think so. I think it was online only. So they so can just go however like, long they want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about some of these uh, awards here. We're not going to go through everything, um, esports, uh, but we'll, we'll talk about the stuff that matters to most people. Um, so let's kind of break things down here. So Game of the Year nominees, we had Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, we had Control, Death Stranding, obviously, which got a lot of press around how many nominations Death Stranding got because yeah. of uh, potentially his relationship with them, but, you know notwithstanding uh resident evil 2 super smash Bros. ultimate and the outer worlds were all nominated for game of the year uh with surprisingly at least to me sekiro shadows die twice took home the game of the year yeah that surprised me as well i i I don't think i know of anyone who talked about this game in our little granted a pretty small circle but usually we we tend to 
cover the bases for the most part, and I think only Seth was the only person I know. That's the it. only one I know too. Yeah, it was Seth that was the only one talking about it. And he like he said, he enjoyed it, but after a while it just got to be too hard. Yeah. And not not even just too hard, but when you die, you went too far back where it was like you were actually having to redo a lot of time to get back to where you were. I think he got stuck on a boss. Yeah, which that I can totally get why that's being there. But I mean, they beat out Control, beat out Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Outer Worlds. Yeah, like, those are all crazy. ones I would have put before Sekiro as, as possibly taking home this one. Yeah, me too. I mean, I feel like Resident Evil 2 suffers from the it came out like first. Super problem. early. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I I don't know. It was pretty surprising, especially with how much I feel like more people are talking about control and death stranding by mm-hmm. far. But yeah. I, I mean, it's good press for Sekiro because or Sekiro because I'm I wish list it listed it because I I was interested in it before, but I was kind of like, well, I'll just wait until it's, you know, 10 bucks or whatever. But yeah. now I might pick it up when it's 20 or 25, which is more realistic, you know, in the next few months anyway. So. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, so moving on, action game uh, nominees were Devil May Cry 5, Apex Legends, Astral Chain, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Gears 5, and Metro Exodus. A um, couple ones on here I was really surprised were even nominated, like um, Astral Chain and Me- Metro Exodus. I was kind of surprised yeah. that those were nominated. Not that they're bad games, um, but they just weren't the ones you'd, you'd be thinking about in these categories, but ultimately the winner uh, did go to devil may cry five, which I do need to get back to. I started playing that one, um, was enjoying that, but uh, also I think for me, kind of a, a surprise here while the game is very stylish. I think once again, this wasn't a case where a ton of people were talking about devil may cry. Like you heard a lot more about gears five, uh, call of duty and, and apex legends over these other ones. But yeah, well, I mean, it's good to see that just because something is popular doesn't necessarily mean it's good. Um, you know, nothing against these games, but I I don't know. Like you know, like you said, Astral Chain and Metro Exodus just kind of seem weird. But what's funny is, or what's funny to me is like finding a pure action game where you can just say, no, this is only action and not action adventure because that's completely different. It's true. It's tough. I think it it is true, and I think Devil May Cry and Astral Chain fit that mold better. Yeah, um, because Metro, Call of Duty, and Gears and Apex, I'd be like, those are more shooters in my mind yep. than than action games. So yeah, I guess I guess given that, then I I think Devil May Cry is probably the most pure action game. So I guess by then maybe maybe it does fit. I don't know. Um, so as you mentioned, action adventure <laughs> game nominees: uh, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice, The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening, uh, Resident Evil Two again, Death Stranding again, Control again, and then Borderlands Three. Uh, the winner, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, yet again. Goodness on gracious. This one. So, yeah, surprising. I mean, I, I played, I, I did not play Sekiro, but I played Legend of Zelda. I played Resident Evil 2, played Control. Uh, Borderlands is the same as Borderlands 2, is the same as Borderlands 1. So I kind of know what Borderlands is, but this game once again takes it. Yeah. Uh, I thought this would be the one that it won and not Game of the Year. Yes. Like if it had I, any chance. Yep. Yep. I'm with you 100%. Um, now we get to some a little bit more of the interesting ones here. So art direction. Yeah. N- nominees were Control, Death Stranding, Grease, I b- believe is how it's pronounced. Not, it's not Gris, right? It's Grease, I think. I think so, yeah. 
Um, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice Again, and Legends of the Link's Awakening. Um, for me, like art direction, I would think definitely Death Stranding deserved to be nominated. Legend of Zelda, I think, for the art direction they chose for this one was very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and Control, I think, definitely deserves to be there uh, as well with Control taking the prize, which was good to see something a little bit different that didn't get as much uh, publicity as a major game prior to these nominations of all these Game of the Year lists. Uh, to see it take home something at least. Yeah. You know, as somebody who's trying to avoid any control spoilers or anything mm-hmm. really about it at all, it's hard for me to understand why it won art direction, but it does interest me because now I'm like, okay, why did it? Especially when you have uh, Gr- Gr- <laughs> Grease and Sayonara Wild Hearts on there, which mm-hmm. I've seen both of those. And I'm like, you see that and you're like, well, that's very artistic. Yes. So, you know, why wouldn't it win this award? But, you know, that's not that's only part of it, I guess. So, yeah. And I, I think once you play control and you get a little into it, you'll you'll kind of understand why it definitely deserved to be nominated. And there are certain pieces of that game that stand out as like, wow. Gotcha. So you'll you'll get to some of those eventually. But, yeah, it, just looking at the game from face value, I can totally appreciate why it wouldn't jump out as that type of thing for you, for sure. Um, audio design. This one is, is another interesting one. So nominees are Sekiro, uh, Resident Evil 2, Gears 5, Death Stranding Control, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare with Call of Duty Modern Warfare taking the win there. I I feel like Call of Duty always takes this one, and it's because of like the authentic gun sounds and like yeah. just the noise. It's not really like audio design isn't like, oh, this has great voice acting or you know, the surround sound was good. And I could really tell the presence of things like it's not that it's because the game just sounds so authentic and real mm-hmm. that I think like that's why it just kind of takes it every year. Um, but not having played Death Stranding, I'm not sure how that would fit in there. But I I'm confused as to why things like Control, Gears 5, Resident Evil 2. I don't know why those were even nominated. Nothing stood out for me sound wise for them. No, me. Well, as far as Resident Evil 2 and Gears go. Yeah, I don't know. You know, like maybe because there's zombie. Well, the nature of Resident Evil Two, I guess, with how, it's like as far as zombie games go, we've kind of trended towards groups of zombies, whereas Resident Evil mm. Two is just single ones. So when you hear them, you know, I think it kind of makes it seem scarier because you're just like, oh, there's something around here somewhere. Where is it? You know, whatever. Um, so from that aspect i guess i could see it but yeah having not played modern warfare like i i don't know i i guess the explosions and like you said the guns sound good which is important i mean i've played games where the guns sound you know like soft farts so what do you <laughs> what game was that uh, it's called soft fart shooter <laughs> oh okay appropriate but not great it's a fart person shooter fps <laughs> um so moving on to community support, which is a weird name, but I guess it's kind of just like the ongoing rallying around this game by others. Sure. Um, nominees, Destiny 2, Apex Legend, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Um, for me, when I think about stuff like this, this isn't per se like an ongoing game nominee, although all these games that were nominated were ongoing games, like they're just evergreen. Uh, with new content coming out, mm-hmm. but you think of like Fortnite that has toxic community all over it. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy 14 I, that has a pretty decent community around it, but I feel like that's just done at this point. Like, yeah, that I feel like that's just hanging on. 
you know, just yeah. like kind of lingering around, can't ever get rid of it. Whatever. Yeah. Apex Legends kind of same thing as Fortnite, not as toxic, but it's like they don't really I don't see any community rallying around Apex. Um but then Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, that's been a huge uh community around those and and esports wise like that's been very much front and sending the amount of players that continue to come back to that game but ultimately the winner to devin's excitement destiny 2 which doesn't surprise me because you think of where destiny 2 was when it launched to where it is now has been quite the journey that the people who the diehard players have stuck with them through it all and are still you know carrying that trophy carrying that torch for them saying you know this is still a great game and it's getting better every time so they're really the people that support it love it good for them <laughs> <laughs> lucas is a big fan of all the games on this list yeah well i i don't know like final fantasy 14 is really weird i'm not i don't have yeah. any community support towards any of these games so really i can't really say much to this category i, I it's just i feel like other games that came out more recently would probably serve better on this list. Right. Right. It's a little weird. Um, we're going to kind of skip over the esports ones. Content created of the year went to shroud, which I like shroud. So I'm happy for that. That if the doc wasn't nominated, then, you know, I'm glad I went to shroud. Mm-hmm. Um, family game. This one I thought was funny because it might as well just be called Nintendo best game. Nintendo <laughs> game because they didn't nominate anything else, which makes no sense to me because there are other games that could have been on this list, but what happened to what happened to Hasbro Family Night or whatever those games were? <laughs> yes, yes, right. Um, but so the nominees were Luigi's Mansion Three, Ring Fit Adventure, uh, Super Mario Maker Two, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and Yoshi's Crafted World. Um, the win went to Luigi's Mansion Three. I'm all for that. Um, out of those nominees, that seems to make the most sense for you. And you think family? Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing, though. Like. I having played this now because uh, I was trying to get Guiji uh, mm-hmm. and knowing that my son might be interested in, in it after I started playing it, I was like, man, I think he'd be scared by this actually because he doesn't <laughs> like when when people get chased by anything. Okay. Um, but I think, you know, the multiplayer thing that they added while I haven't tried it out yet must be what helps this be a family mm-hmm. game because yeah. I actually thought Super Mario Maker 2 would have won this, to be honest with you. I mean, I know we've joked about it, but I could totally see a lot of people being like, imagine you have a few brothers and sisters and you're all around the same age. You play Super Mario Maker 2 and you build levels for each other and you try to do the levels, you know, make a competition out of it, that type of thing. That's why I'm kind of surprised that didn't win. But when you paint it that way, I actually kind of agree with you then because initially I'm like, no, because I don't want to make levels. So the yeah. odds of me getting four or five people that want to make levels, I don't see it being a family game. Or if I'm a dad playing with my kids, am I really going to have fun creating courses for them? <laughs> Are they going to have fun creating courses? Like if they make courses for me, am I going to have fun playing with them? Like it's I true. don't see the likelihood of that in my head. Um, Ring Fit Adventure, I don't see being a it's a family friendly game but that's not a family game like nobody's crowding around the couch to watch dad do squats yeah you know it just just doesn't make sense that's Um, definitely not super smash brothers ultimate that's a good one but the learning curve can be you know steep for some people so as a family one yeah but it's not like mario kart family it's not super mario party family when anybody can pick it up and play it uh the yoshi's crafted world was very very good too and if you play with more than one person that can be that can be a great one as well um but yeah, it was a weird category overall. But I, I get what you're saying about being chased and he actually might be kind of scared of it. But 
don't know. My, my daughter liked watching the whole thing. She actually wanted to play. We had to keep telling her she was, you know, Poochie, the dog instead. Oh, yes. Which reminds because... me of the dog from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, zero. <laughs> yep. Um, so then moving on, we have fighting game, uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Jump Force, Dead or Alive 6, Mortal Kombat 11, or the new Samurai Showdown, just called Samurai Showdown. Uh, winner went to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I don't think there was any shock or surprise there whatsoever. I'm kind of bummed. I wanted Mortal Kombat 11 to win. And, and if you go by PSVG rules, Mortal Kombat 11 probably would have won because <laughs> Super Smash Bros. Ultimate came out last year, folks. That's true. You know. That's true. Well, not only that, but okay. When I think of a fighting game, I think of two fighters on a, a single plane. You know, so okay. I'm thinking Street Fighter, Dead or Alive, Tekken, Mortal Kombat. Not this, you know, character fighter, basically, that Smash Brothers is. And I don't know. Like, the mechanics of it are completely different. I mean, it is a fighting game, yes, but it is an unconventional one, for better or worse. And I feel like Mortal Kombat brought more to uh, a fighting game genre as far as story and character design and, you know... Things like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas Super Smash Brothers, from what I understand, you have this gigantic roster. You pick two fighters and only play as them because you suck with everybody else. And <laughs> you get upset because people beat you online. That's pretty Plus, accurate. there's no fatalities. <laughs> there you go. That's that's it in a nutshell right there. Um Moving on to fresh indie game, which I don't know why they have to call it fresh indie game. Why isn't it just indie game fresh. of the year? Like <laughs> fresh. Um, nominees: Disco Elysium, Grease, My Friend Pedro, Outer Wilds, not Outer Worlds, Slay the Spire, and Untitled Goose Game. The win went to Disco Elysium, yeah. which that's a game I've been eyeballing. Yes, and I kind of want to play. And I actually thought it was only on PC, but I just looked it up, and it is on PS4 and Xbox. So I might be playing that soon. Ooh, get on! It does. It kind of seems like the type of game that might come to Xbox Game Pass, though. Yeah, that's kind of why I'm holding off because I did buy Untitled Goose Game like a week before vacation, thinking I could play that, and then while I'm away, <laughs> hey, guess what? It's coming to Game Pass. Like, oh. uh, I I was kind of uh, excited about that because it seems like mm-hmm. a, the type of game I don't want to have to buy but would love to yep. play. So yeah, exactly. I'm really surprised exactly. it didn't win actually. But I think Donnie actually, and I'm going to give Donnie some credit here. I think Donnie said it best, where the game was great meme fodder and kind of got people excited, but it actually is being a good game. It, it it's probably fine, but it's not like a game where you're like, wow, that's a memorable experience. That's like, true. That's a good point. I think that's really what, what it was there. But I, I was a little shocked, too, that it didn't take it. Because like, if I was voting, that would have been my vote would be for a goose game. Just because who doesn't want to be an angry goose? Yeah. <laughs> um, next up was Game Direction. Uh, nominees were Death Stranding, Control, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, Outer Wilds. Once again, not Outer Worlds. Um, with the win going to Death Stranding. I don't think there was any uh, surprise here as well. I think Kojima had this one in the bag, mm-hmm. um, which to me, I think Control would have been a good, having played it, uh, been a good challenger to Death Stranding, but I haven't played Death Stranding yet, and I think Kojima's uh, pedigree and probably the experience he has over the people who worked on Control might have been the the clinch there, I think, for that win. Yeah, I could see that for sure. That's a tough one because you have to look at it, to me, I think of it as 
the origination of the idea and then the execution of the idea and how close they were. Like I think of it in movie terms because it's kind of a similar uh, idea, but Kojima always will have that ace up his sleeve because he has like Kojima game, you know, <laughs> like yep. he's, he, he's his own genre almost. And so, I mean, if you're going up against him, it's, it's tough. He's one of the few like rock stars of game design, you know, yeah. like there's not a lot of people who you can say, this is a blank game and have it mean anything. So exactly. He garners that attention for better or for worse for some people, but you at least know the name. Yeah. You acknowledge the name. You know what he does for the industry and what that means. So it uh, makes sense. I'm um, just going to kind of run down a few of these other winners. Just stop me if there's anything you want to talk about, Lucas. Okay. Um, but multiplayer winner game went to Apex Legends. Um, ongoing game actually went to Fortnite over Destiny 2, and I was a little surprised on that one personally because while Fortnite makes changes, they're not massive changes to the game overall. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, performance in a game went to Mads Mikkelsen in Death Stranding, which was surprising. He outtook the main character of that game, Norman Reedus, in the same game. But yeah, the, I thought that was weird too. But again, trying not to have any spoilers, I have no uh, no real clue of this at all. Right, right. All I know is he's supposedly, at least from the trailers, allegedly he's the the bad guy. I guess. Yeah. But I mean, who knows? You never know what those kind of games what that means. So. Um, role-playing game went to Disco Elysium, which was cool to see. That, uh, score and music went to Death Stranding. The role-playing game, the whole list, just not really... It was weak. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV, Kingdom Hearts Three, Monster Hunter World, Iceborne, uh, and the Outer Wilds. Yeah. Which, I don't know why it's Outer Wilds, because I didn't feel like that was a role-playing game at all. No. I, Outer Worlds is. I don't know if that's a... Typo? Typo, or... I don't know. Yeah, because they've only... They've called Outer Worlds... Uh, the outer worlds but outer wilds they've only left oh yeah outer yeah wilds. so it has it has been outer worlds so i'm surprised that that took that one um sports racing game went to crash team racing which i thought was kind of funny <laughs> that's because all the other ones are realistic sports simulation yeah. titles yeah that's yeah. probably why because they're actually that's actually fun and the rest of them are just like uh i get to tune my car for 30 minutes and then race for two minutes it's true it's true um, strategy game went to Lucas and I's favorite game of the year, Fire Emblem Three Houses, <laughs> and best VR slash AR game went to Beat Saber, no which surprise. I'm not surprised because everybody loves that game. But it's true, it's it's the, it's becoming the portal of VR games, and that's not bad. I mean, that's not a bad thing. I, I sound like it's a bad thing when I said it, but yeah. It's okay. But honestly, so it, we're going to get into some of the news and announcements that happened during the show now, too, because that was just as important, if not more important than the awards. Beat Saber got some support there by Green Day. A Green Day music pack came out. And I was like, if anything were to get me to buy Beat Saber, if I had VR, that would have been <laughs> the one to do it. I've been like, yep, let's go. Welcome to paradise. It's been awesome. It's like perfect, man. Now you need some uh, Blink-182. Ooh. Packs there in there. Go. Put that in there. That'd be awesome too. Oh like, no, this is going to turn into the next music genre game, except for you won't have to buy plastic instruments. You'll just have to buy, buy music packs. Yeah. I'm down. And not, which that's better because in, in the other ones, you got to buy the plastic instruments and the music. It's true. Pack, so. It's true. It's all good. It's all good. So let's get into some of these announcements here, Lucas. Some of these, these things that came up that, you know, they said prior to the show that they had a lot to show and a lot to talk about, and they were not lying. Um, like you said, nothing super earth-shattering. There's a couple big ones, though. Um, first one that I'm going to talk about here was uh, Travis Touchdown reappears in a No More Heroes 3 trailer. 
Now, did you get a chance to check this trailer out? I did not, but I'm going to... Um, what is, where, where do you... Oh, there it is. Okay, sorry. I had to do some, yeah. some scrolling. You'll have to let yeah. me know. I'm going to try to make sure that my sound doesn't bleed through here. Okay. Let me know if it does. Yeah, yeah. So I'll start kind of just introducing a little bit as you're kind of watching it here. It's it's a long trailer that's linked into that article that it was a longer version that uh, yes. wasn't shown on the I air. I see five minutes. Yeah. Um, they showed a, a more abbreviated version on the show, but this was released shortly after. And it starts off with like this anime thing, very much like my friend Totoro kind of thing. Yeah. Like it looks like that kind of thing. Um, about this boy and this alien, kind of almost like ET ish a little bit, and he helps the alien leave the planet. I'll be back in 20 years. Okay, okay. And then this kid grew up to become a very successful businessman, it looks like, due to the powers the alien gave him. Um, but the alien does, in fact, come back. But the alien's not this cute little guy anymore. He's this big monster that now wants to take over the world with his bunch of friends that he found in alien prison. <laughs> and he, he's basically saying, he's like, your world loves superheroes. Well, I'm a superhero, but he's really super villain. But then it drastically cuts... And he's like, I think you met me. And Travis Touchdown shows up and then it changes. It. He's like, I'm the hero. And it says no more heroes. So like the whole trailer was basically given the backstory of the villain. But it looked like it was an entirely different game. But you didn't know it was yeah. no more heroes until the last three seconds of the trailer. So like even people who are, you know, followers of that, the no more heroes series, they're like, you couldn't necessarily what is tell going on? And then all of a sudden that happens. And you're like, yay. Yeah, because the art style didn't match. Like it looked totally different than anything. So like, yeah, if you if you skip to like the last fifteen seconds of that trailer, you'll see where it cuts off and Travis Touchdown comes by in his motorcycle with his lightsaber like weapon. Uh, then then they, yep. he cuts through the logo of this fake game and then changes to No More Heroes three. So yeah, and it, and it's a, here's the shocker coming out in twenty twenty. Wow. So it doesn't give like a season or a date, but it just says 2020. And then even Travis goes, huh, good luck with that. <laughs> but I was just like, okay. But you know, he released the Travis strikes again, came out this year, 2019. Yeah. And this game is going to come out in 2020. I was like, that's pretty impressive. Cause they're very different. Well, I shouldn't say they're very different. Cause we haven't seen actual gameplay, but no more heroes is a very different style than what Travis strikes again. What Travis strikes again was like a top down, almost Diablo esque game. Yeah. Whereas no more heroes is more, third person over the shoulder combat yeah. game. So they're not similar at all. So it's not like you could take the resources and just, oh, I'm going to make this game now real quick and use the same assets. You, you can't. So hmm. a one-year turnaround time is pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. I'm, uh, I I have played the first No More Heroes, of course. It's been a while, but I don't know how I feel. Been I've been told I should play uh, Travis Touchdown Strikes Again. So hmm. It's good. It's fun. Uh, I haven't beaten it yet, but it definitely is fun. The biggest announcement, I think, here was, and surprisingly, they decided to show and name the next Xbox on the <laughs> yes, Game Awards. So the Xbox Series X is the new console, comes out 2020 holiday, which we knew that already. It's too many X's, man. Too many X's in the name. Too many X's. And, and how do you... Now, Xbox fanboys are all like, it's not a big deal. People understand it. You have the Xbox One X and the Xbox Series X that are both going to be sold in retail outlets at the same time. To gamers, you'll know, but this is quite possibly the Wii, Wii U all over again. Is this the same console? Is this not the same console? Is this an attachment? I don't understand what's going on. Like, it's true. Well, I, I wish they went with something else. See, here's the thing. To, to help belie that problem... 
they decided to design the Xbox Series X to look like a doorstop, which is good because if you if if what you're buying doesn't look stupid, then you know you have the wrong one. It's true. <laughs> I guess I guess that makes sense. And given what this, if if you're not from what Lucas and I are talking about, it basically looks like a like a monolithic statue. It's just a black. That's what they should have called it: the Xbox monolith. That would have been perfect. Jeez! All hail the monolith! Right. Just do a commercial. They were bowing. Someone to needs to do a like a supercut of the um, beginning of Space Odyssey, two thousand one Space yep. Odyssey, and just yeah. superimpose this instead of the monolith. Mm-hmm. It would have yeah. been perfect. It would make so much sense. It's so it's a foot tall. It's six inches wide and six inches deep. Um, but basically, it's just this, this long square tower. It's exactly what Lucas and I are thinking about. So if you're picturing it in your head. Whatever you're picturing is exactly right because it can't get any simpler than this. It is a giant rectangle. It's like two, you know, those boxes of Kleenex that are square. It's like two of those yes. put on top of each other. <laughs> yes, that's very accurate with the giant fan on top, a single fan on top. It's true. Um, has a disk drive, no visible USB ports from the front. Obviously doesn't mean there's not any on the back. I'm sure there's something in the back. Um, but yeah, it's just a big black rectangle that's that's all it is my question is how is this going to fit on anyone's entertainment stand it will not that's that's the answer the first right there. first so, mod is going to be how to how to lay this thing sideways well so here's the thing <clears throat> they are saying it can be laid sideways i am very hesitant to believe i i you can i do not think it's going to be good so you think about the xbox one s right now even there's vents on both sides and on top of the console. Yeah. So yes, I know this fan is supposed to be optimal for it, which is fine. I think if it's standing up, heat rises. That makes sense. If you lay this thing on its side, heat still rises. Heat doesn't go to the left or to the right. <laughs> right. And you only have one fan now doing the work of when you had potentially three fans, maybe even more. I've never opened my Xbox to do the same amount of work, but yet this thing is supposedly is four times more powerful than the Xbox One X. I don't see how that's going to end while keeping it sideways. Plus, I think if it's sideways, it's more likely to suck in the dust and stuff like we get in our, our PC towers. It's true. Like your your fans, if you have fans on the top of your tower, it always has less dust than the ones on the side or the back. You know why they did this? They did this because they want you to have to put that thing on the very top shelf where mm-hmm. like some people don't want to put anything up there. Yep. And now this thing has to be up there because they want you to be able to always see it. They want other mm-hmm. people who visit your house to see your giant monolith statue. Because everyone's going to be like, what is that? And they're going to say, what is that awful, ugly thing? <laughs> yep. Yep. And it's like, so it, I think the only way you can get around it is if you're a person who doesn't mount your TVs, like none of my TVs are wall mounted, I could put it behind the TV. Oh, that's true. But that's that's it. Like, I don't, I wouldn't want to lay it on its side. I, I don't. If I had my TV mounted, I wouldn't want to stick that thing on the top. Like I don't know, it's like it's like when you have those big surround sound systems and you have that giant woofer. Oh yeah, yeah. My wife the subwoofer that. that goes on the floor. Yeah. Like it's the same thing. It's like what the hell do you do with that thing? What do you do with this Xbox? Like it's just another one. Put of it those. on the floor. <laughs> yeah, just put it on the carpet. On the floor. <laughs> That'll help. Yeah, I'm like, it's so I don't get it. But I might buy one. Yeah, I I just think so. You know, four times more powerful. If that's true, that's fantastic. But I also think that's more powerful than it needs to be because nothing's going to be that technologically advanced that you won't be able to you'll be able to take you're not gonna be saying that in eight years right because in eight years they'll have two more models coming out based on based on the xboxes based on microsoft's track record right now so the xbox last gen series the one series they released four or five different models because you had the traditional you had the s you had the sad and you had the x so it's at least four 
all in one air quote generation. Yeah, that's true. So this is the next one. They're cl- they're saying they they have no other models coming out, but everyone's talked about how there is another model of this out there that's going to be made may not be out this year well this year may not be out in 2020 but it might follow the year after kind of deal maybe it's a digital only console whatever the case is but i don't think anybody believes that this is the only one coming out if it was it's great um they did say they're going back four generations of backward compatibility whoa which is nuts they say all xbox games will be backwards compatible okay and first party game saves will carry over too so if you have a first party game save from your xbox s right now and you decide to play Gears 5 on your Xbox Series X, then your game save will carry over. So that's pretty cool. That is cool. Uh, uh, on the controller, they did add a share button, much like uh, the PlayStation has. Not a big surprise with them owning Mixer. Um, that's kind of a given that you want to make it even easier for people to pass that content over to your platform. So that's a given. Also, don't forget the um, multiple pauses or uh, multiple suspend states for different games. Oh, that's right. That's, that's kind of cool too. Yeah, that's that's a good one because I, I do I do love that feature. It doesn't always seem to work on the Xbox for me. PlayStation <clears> seems <throat> to work for me all the time. Like just to spend and you go back in, and it always seems to work for me. But Xbox doesn't always. But uh, that's a great feature. Where no load time. You pick right up where you left off. No need to you know load the game, then load your save and all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty cool. Um, the first game announced for the next yeah. gen Xbox. Well, not not first game because I should say Halo. We know about Hellblade Two. Is coming. Kind of a surprising one. Yeah. Your thoughts about that. What do you think? Well, I haven't finished the game, so I don't know if it really needs or doesn't need a Hellblade 2. But uh, I don't think that's going to. I don't know. When I think of Hellblade, I don't think of Xbox owners. (laughs) I don't, you know, for better or worse. I don't know. I just. it. Okay. It kind of stinks, actually, that it's a an exclusive. I don't know. I what's well, happens when you buy the the studio? Yeah, I know. It's just i I feel like I feel like that's not really going to make the impact that they're hoping for. I'm with you. I I think this is just another example, and and this may not just be Xbox too. This may become another things like it did. You know, it made it to every console even switch at this point right the original one yeah. so th- maybe they'll do the same thing here um but for me i i get why a lot of people talked about this game i was not a fan i found the the path and the puzzles to be very convoluted i was not interested in the story um the cool things they did with like the audio nods and stuff like that about her kind of going crazy i thought that was pretty intriguing but after 15 20 minutes of it it got really annoying <laughs> so I don't think this is what they needed to come out of the gates with like Halo. We know that's going to be, that's going to be their big gun for a launch for sure. Um, To have this coming up as, as the holiday 2020 as well. Okay. You want a solid launch lineup with titles that you own that are first party exclusive to you. I get it. Cause you want people to buy your box over playstations. I'm, I'm with you. And I don't think this is going to make that impact that they would potentially be thinking of like who, who's sitting here going like, well, I was debating between PS5 and Xbox One X, but now they got the, the the next Hellblade game. Microsoft take my money. I would be shocked. Like that just doesn't seem to be a audience bringer to me. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I mean, I do think they need something besides uh, Halo. Like Halo's yeah. old hat by now. It, it's good. Uh-huh. It's good. It's a good old worn hat. Feels good on the head, but you can't wear it 
everywhere. You know, you need a new hat that looks nice, too. You know, you can't just... They've been riding Halo's coattails for, like, since the Xbox. <laughs> Get something else. Goodness gracious. I know you tried with Gears, but still. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Um, Tough but fair. The, it's true. The first PlayStation 5 game announced is a looter slasher, in air quotes, called Godfall, which is being published by Gearbox. <clears throat> um Nothing was really shown except for a CGI trailer. trailer yeah. Um, but looks potentially kind of cool. Um, the people who worked on this game, who are working on this game, include people who worked on Call of Duty, Destiny 2, Diablo 3, Evolve, Gears 5, God of War, Halo 5, Horizon. Every game that's ever Left existed. Left 4 Dead 2. <laughs> yeah, Overwatch, Titanfall. Like, it, it is a pedigree, you know, staff working on this. Uh, but to me, it did look like a like almost like a Destiny version of of um, Diablo. It's kind of like the vibes that, vibes I got from the trailer, yeah. at least. Um, but it seems pretty cool. It'll be a PS5 console exclusive, and will release on PC via the Epic Store. So it's an Epic Store exclusive as well. The armor looks really cool. Like it kind of intrigues me. I mean, I, I know it's going to be end game. Like all of the stuff you see in this trailer is like yeah. you have to play for yeah. sixty hours before you get this cool looking stuff. Yes, and you're never going to look that good because you're only going to have the first two pieces of a five set armor piece thing, and you can just look like you know, like you walked out of an equipment shop and bought one of everything. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it does look cool. I just. Pre-rendered trailer is always just whatever. Like, oh, that's a really I, – when I see a pre-rendered trailer, you know what I think? I think that would make a really cool movie. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be an awesome video game. I'd watch that cartoon. Exactly. Um. So another Switch announcement, uh, Bravely Default 2 is coming to Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Uh, not to be confused with the Bravely Second game um, that came out on the, on the DS. Um, this was coming out here, your typical – jrpg type thing you know magic castles party of adventures you know you don't get a whole lot from the trailer but it was good to see that this game which was a really cool game um continue to still be worked on by the same you know square enix so solid group of people that work on dragon quest final fantasy you know they all they'll go kind of the same models here but uh should be good to see and it will be out in 2020 so you got at least one of those big jrpgs coming to the switch in 2020 to follow this crazy year of multiple jrpgs on the nintendo switch yeah i will rent this from the library i am excited because i know a lot of people talked up the first one and i didn't have a 3ds Mm. so i i am glad that it's coming over i i hope i don't have to play the first one because i have no clue no you don't it said it will not continue the story just carrying on some of the same themes gotcha but not not continuation of the story you're fine okay so it's a good jumping in point for a lot of people yeah and then it looks interesting i mean i know some people in psvg land are very excited for this so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um player unknown the man behind PUBG, yeah if you will announced the new project that he's been working on so he separated himself from the team working on PUBG like months and months ago at this point i don't think he's worked on that game in over six months to start working on the next thing for that studio um and it's known as prologue okay it was an extremely short trailer that shows you absolutely nothing yeah it's other just than a forest. some weather effects and you hear some dogs barking uh and that's it that's the whole thing lucas you get nothing good day sir i mean i guess they can't be um, accused of showing something that didn't end up in the video game because they didn't really show anything. So <laughs> they played it safe. Uh, yeah, that doesn't really tell you anything, does it? 
<clears throat> nope. The, the only details you get are actually on the website where it says Prologue is an exploration of new technologies and gameplay. Our aim with this game is give is to give players unique and memorable experiences each and every time they play. Yeah, that sounds like uh, that sounds like things that I've heard before that end up in mm-hmm. a game that ends up not being all that interesting. Yep. Yep. So once again, that was one of the answers. I'm like, do you really even need to show anything? Too ambitious. Give us anything. Too ambitious. Yep, yep. Uh, another one that I thought was cool, Sons of the Forest, mm. was announced. Um, so that is a sequel to the 2014 game The Forest. Yes. Um, which was over on PC. I think it was only on PC, right? It never came to console. I mean, it was in, yeah, because it was in early access for like forever. Right. And it's something I followed. I've been very interested. The trailer uh, starts off with like a first person helicopter ride, uh, helicopter crashes. You see, you know, Zomb- not zombies, mutants, they call them in the game. Uh, very 80s synth heavy um, scores being played in the background, but it's definitely a first person survival horror game, um, which just looks pretty awesome. So I'll be interested to see where it goes. It does not reveal when it's re- being released, and it does not say what platforms it'll be on either. So it could be on console, um, although I would say it's most likely on PC for sure, and maybe on some of the other consoles, but not much there. But it was a pretty cool trailer. Definitely interesting enough to, to raise some eyebrows, I would say, at least. The uh, the forest. Sorry, this trailer is really weird, and I thought that woman was naked. Nope, she's wearing a bodysuit. Um, <laughs> so the forest was actually converted somewhat to, or at least they played with VR. And so I wonder Ooh. if this will be available in VR. I doubt it, but it would mm. be kind of nice to see because that game is pretty spooky scary. So yeah, I wonder how much crafting and building will be in this as compared to the forest. So yeah, I don't know. It looks kind of interesting. I, I, I do yeah. like to see whenever they can make an idea and kind of take it further. It looks like it'll be more story driven. So yeah. Yeah. Could be yeah. interesting. Um, Orion, Will of the Wisps, the game that everyone has been waiting for it to come out for a long time, was knocked back another month, uh, was slated to come out February 11th, now been bumped to March 11th. Not a huge deal, but honestly, Lucas, I'm a little surprised at this point. I'm wondering if this game is going to be one of those ones that suffer from are the people just going to be building up the hype too much? And then it doesn't deliver. Like, if it's more of just the same, are people going to be as excited? Maybe I played Ori and the Blind Forest. It was good. Um, very unique platformer for its time in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no, it was before 2017. Will of the Wisp was announced in 2017. Was it? This would be 2016. Okay. I was going to say. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, this game has been in development for over three years at this point. And I don't know if it's going to be anything that different or if it's going to be more of the same. But if it's more of the same, then I'm going to ask the question that everyone hates when I ask, why did it take so long to do the same game again then? Well, you're not in game development, so you... <laughs> it's true. I mean, true. it does, visually, there is a lot going on. Like, it, it's yeah. like the first game times three as far as how much yeah. stuff is going on. But yeah, I mean, you got to wonder, did they did they say what they were doing? Polishing? It's always polishing, right? They're always polishing. It's always polishing, Yeah. I mean, I would imagine they're weighing the risks of more polishing versus releasing on time. And 
I think it'll be okay. I think that it will do well. There's a lot of people who love this game, and I think it'll be okay. I think they would sure. rather I, iron out all the bugs or whatever. That's true, and you, and you'll be able to play it because it'll be on Game Pass. So yeah, I saw it. It's like it wants you to preload already. It's like, hey, do you want to use up some hard drive space? Does it really? Yeah, you can. As it's like, no, I don't want to download this probably thirty gig game or whatever. I was like, so the game's got to be done then. Why are you waiting if you could preload it? Already? Yeah, it can't be that far exactly. Off. Like, Jesus, you'll preload it and um, then it'll have a two gig patch or whatever. So yeah, and honestly, it would be. I, obviously, they, they can't do it at this point because people would be like fuming at the mouth. But in my mind, this game being announced for the Xbox Series X would have been more exciting in my mind than I thought probably. the same thing. As soon as I looked at it, I was like, this is probably a better one. But yeah, people would have been angry. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ghost of Tsushima, the PS4 exclusive, I guess it's still going to be PS4. Yes. Um, will be coming out next summer. So it's kind of given, I don't think it's given a hard date. Um, let me see. Nope. It's just being released over the summer, but they did a new trailer with like an orchestral, uh, live orchestra playing music from the game while the cinematic and uh, gameplay footage is being played. Um, I was not a big fan the first time this game was shown. Like nothing really kind of got me interested. This trailer, uh, won me over a little bit. Um, this game looks really cool, really interesting. Um, yeah, so I'm just kind of waiting, and I'll be uh, in line with everybody else to see what happens as this comes out. But I am a little surprised it's going to be so late, because PS5s are right around that corner at that point. If you're releasing this in the summer, and that's going to be a holiday, that's really close, unless it's going to be released on both platforms, which they have not said it's going to be yet. This game looks great. I mean, all of the yeah. last, like the last few games that come out for the the current generation platforms, always look really good. But I didn't know this was a PlayStation PlayStation exclusive. I didn't know about oh, this yeah. game until I saw this trailer, and I am. Oh, you didn't know? Okay. Yeah, it was it was E three. Like they've talked about the last couple of years. Maybe so. I forgot about it then, especially if you're saying that it didn't, you know, seem that interesting. Hmm. But. This looks like Tenchu Stealth Assassins, and I yeah. loved that game, and I'm mad now because I don't get to play this because it <laughs> looks cool. I don't know. I just saw it, and I'm just like, this looks amazing. I want to play it right now. Ah, I'm bummed. Sorry. Sorry I brought it up. You should be. Um, Gears Tactics, the Gears of War strategy yeah. game, arrives in April 2020. Um, this, of course, will be on um, Game Pass as well. Um, but this was initially announced as a Windows PC exclusive back when it was announced at E3 in 2018. But it's now going to be on both um, on console and on uh, PC. So I'm yeah, I'm probably more excited for this than I would have been for Gears of War 5. <laughs> uh, after playing Gears of War 5, yes, I'm with you. <laughs> um, I'm a sucker for real-time strategy games, uh, so I think this will be pretty cool. Uh, I am a little hesitant to see how it plays on console because I actually never played Halo Wars, which I know I would imagine would play similar to that. I'm not sure how that works on a console. I've always only played like these types of games on a PC. Um, yeah. So I kind of want to see how that goes. And, and this game takes place 10 years before um, the Gears of War games. Is this so. – wait. Is this real-time strategy or turn-based? I thought it was turn-based. Uh, turn-based. Oh, Sorry. okay. You had me worried then because if, if it was real-time, I would have been less excited. No, 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 sorry. It's like, so it's like StarCraft for those, or, you know, like that. Well, that is real time. Oh, yeah, you're right. So it'd be, if it's turn-based, it's, it would be more be. like uh, XCOM. 
XCOM. Yeah, I think it's more like XCOM. Okay. Sorry, I'm really just botching this up now. Yeah, okay. to my understanding, it's like XCOM. Well, we don't botch anything yet. up around here. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> never. Remember that developer? What did uh, Double Digits uh, release uh, bring <laughs> to the table here? <laughs> that is fair. Um, I think the last one I'm going to talk about, unless something else came up that you were interested in, was... Uh, in fact, the thing we thought was happening was um, we talked about this. I think last week, whatever <laughs> that the Project Cards guys would possibly be working on a Fast and Furious game, and sure enough, yep, Fast. Oh and gosh, Furious I didn't mean to steal your thunder. I thought I didn't even realize that's where you were going with it. Uh, oh yeah. Oh that yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did say they were working on that, and then supposed possibly one other thing, I guess, or whatever. Yep. And we were like, it's probably going to be in Fast and Furious, and it, it is. is. Well, and yeah. I mean, just from a trailer perspective, ooh, oof. Yeah. I think you need to put it yeah. back in the oven. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a PS3, Xbox 360 game to me a little bit here. But, yeah, uh, it's, the, it's the people is the biggest problem. I mean, imagine yeah. that, a, yeah, a, car, a car making developer game person thing. You know, they can do cars fine, but yeah, the rest of it's just... Ugh. Yeah, Vin Diesel doesn't even look like Vin Diesel. You know what it looks like? It looks like Grand Theft Auto 4, (laughs) which is not... Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. It's not a good thing when all you're really focusing on is the driving. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Where'd you think I was going? What story did you think I was going to talk about then? Is this something you want to talk Uh, about? No, just I thought... I I didn't think there would be any possible way you would talk about this awful-looking Fast and Furious game. Oh, I I only had to because we were like, it'd be funny if they're working on a Fast and Furious game, and then sure enough, they were. That's true. That's true. So... No, I don't... uh, I mean, Cyberpunk 2077 has a soundtrack featuring people I've never heard of before, so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand that one. Um, But no, yeah, I mean, a lot of cool, interesting things, but, uh, you know... Nothing heavy hitting, but I think that's okay. I wasn't really dis. See, here's the good thing: how can you be disappointed when your expectations are so low? Very true. That's why we have so many fans that listen to this show. Booyah! Mm-hmm. Science, but uh, yeah, I think that's all we got for this week, Lucas. Unless there's anything else you want to bring up, sir? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, cool. I, when you say it like that, I feel like I'm for, like, oh, did I forget to say? Am I supposed to bring no, something no, up? No, 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 no. You're fine. I just want to check in with you because we didn't really, we didn't really pull back the curtain here a little bit, folks. We didn't do much prep for the show because we're like, we're just going to talk about what happened on the Game Awards. So I didn't really confer with him what he wanted to talk about. Sure. I was like, I'm just going to do it. You know, you know, one thing I want to bring up. No, is this, guys. My poor family. They haven't eaten in so long. If you could just donate at least one dollar to the patreon so that i could get some food this christmas <laughs> you know that's not funny there's people out there how about this how about this let's just change it on its head and say go out there and do one good thing for christmas don't be a scrooge don't be a scrooge pre the three christmas ghosts be the scrooge after the three christmas ghosts past present future go out you know give out some of your scrooge mcduck money i saw scrooge mcduck did you see Huey, Dewey, and Louie? No, but Launchpad was there too. Was he was really? Kind of awesome. That is awesome. Yup. Okay, now if they had Gizmo Duck, I know not from. Still no, a duck, but he was in the art. He was in artwork behind Launchpad, but he was. I was still shocked to see Launchpad. That is pretty cool. Yeah. What were we talking about? I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. Oh Feeding yeah, poor people. Yeah, doing nice things. Don't for be Christmas. a jerk on Chris. A jerk on Christmas. Jark. A jerk. <laughs> 
All right, let's get out of here. Okay. Lucas, where can people find you, let's sir? Let's skedaddle. Uh, I'm on PSVG's Discord. Sometimes you can at me, Heavy Metal Riff. I'm That's where I'm at. And I'm also on Twitter, at underscore, wait, at Heavy Metal Riff. And then there's an underscore in there somewhere. I forget to say it. Why did I even- Heavy Metal underscore Riff. Yes. You know what's frustrating, though? Sometimes I, for some of my usernames, I didn't put the underscore because it seemed superfluous. So I, I like yeah. removed it, and now I don't remember. I don't know what's what's what anymore. You know, you can change it on Twitter if you don't want it on there. Well, yeah, I'm heavy. Well, I changed my name. I'm heavy metal Mary, I think, <laughs> which audibly doesn't sound that great. But I met like Merry Christmas, not like not Mary Typhoid Mary or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez yeah um, you could also find lucas on flux suppose if you want more of this yeah we don't talk in about a much funnier anymore. fashion <laughs> um if they're not taking a week off i don't know those holidays coming up so they might be off um you can find me at psvg kevin on pretty much everything xbox playstation twitter everything um but if you want to follow the website i encourage you to head on over to psvg.blog to find links to all the cool stuff we do including the discord patreon youtubes twitter everything there um, but most importantly, each and every week, we like to ask that you never stop gaming. Gaming.